Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Wow, that's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity of being here at the official launch of Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. And uh, I'm excited. Congratulations to you, Pastor Fred. Uh, Fred and I go a long way. I've, I've known him and his wife for, for, for a couple of years. I had the honor and privilege of officiating their wedding. Uh, did you ever think, Carol, that you would be, would be in this position leading a church uh, here in Embakasi? I bring greetings and, uh, uh, from our bishop, Bishop Oscar Muriel. Congratulations. And others from Nairobi Chapel. I pastor, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with who I am, I pastor at Nairobi Chapel, uh, South Sea, and today I have the uh, privilege of bringing the word of God to you. Allow me to pray as we start from this point. Thank you, Father God, for this morning, and we pray in the name of Jesus, even as we interact with your word, that, Father, you would speak to us, for your people are listening. Speak to us, Father God, and we pray that, Lord God, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable before you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Since we are a small group, okay, a small group we can interact, eh? so it's feedback here and there, okay? Uh, do you know what a phobia is? You know what phobia is, okay? When I say claustrophobia, what is that? Yes, fear of small spaces, all right? When I say xenophobia, xenophobia, yes, fear of unknown people, okay? All right, people who we don't know or foreigners, okay? All right, if you hear the word arachnophobia, Spiders, yes. Did you know, psychologists' research has shown that 48% more of more women fear spiders than men. Do you think it's true? Any ladies here who like spiders? Okay, this is not scientific. All right. A couple of weeks ago, I was out in Western Kenya and we have one of our church planters who, um, of Nairobi Chapel, who was out there. And I am from Western Kenya, not far from the Lake Victoria. And because we were near my rural home, we decided, hey, let's go and visit this place. I'm afraid you will laugh at this, okay? So um, our, our home is not far from the lake. And uh, as you're walking towards the lake, you, you don't see it. You just climb up like a small kahil, and then then you see the beautiful Nam Lolue, as we call it, Lake Sango, and as the British told you to call it, Lake Victoria, okay? We have to change that name, guys. Yes. We just call it Nam Lolue, like the people there call it. But nevertheless, so we are there, and as I'm walking... I can't see this guy. He's, he's not behind me. I saw him sitting literally on the ground like this. Okay, and I was wondering, why, why are you doing this? And the guy was saying, I'm feeling dizzy. I said, ah, get up, get up, get up. Where are you? Get. So we're like, because we ate lunch together and we didn't, and I was wondering, what's, what's wrong with him? The guy says, hey, pastor, I can't move. He was like this, I can't move. And he started sweating. 
So I looked and I said, hey, pastor, let me go back. Let me go back. So he walked back and I started looking at him. I said, dude, what's going on? He says, I don't like where I'm standing. Say why? There's just too much water. I was like, eh? All right. Now, if, if this thing was up, I could have actually shown you. People don't believe at, the, at, at Nam Lolue we have a beach. But in my home area, there's a nice beach. So I took him to a place where he's closer to water. It's much safer. You're not up and all that. And this guy was like, no, I can't get out of the vehicle. I went and researched. This guy has the fear of lakes, seas, oceans, and big water body masses. And they have a name for that. Thalassophobia. Thalassophobia. Okay? Anybody here fears the number 13? Okay? You know in some buildings there's no number 13. You have mezzanine floor, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Then it goes to floor number 14. It's called triskaidekaphobia. Triskaidekaphobia. The fear of number 13. I'm going somewhere with these fears. Work with me here. It's part of our sermon. Do you know there is a phobia of phobias? It's called phobophobia. I'm reading here. This is from a psychology journal right here. Okay? Now, ladies, <laughs> the single ladies, here's what you hear. Uh, the name gamophobia. It is common in men. The fear of commitment or sticking with someone to the end. There's a psychological term for that. Okay? And this is the one that fascinated me the most. It's 36 words. 36 words. Work with me. Hippopotomostronsioquifpedelaphobia. 36 letters. I repeat. Hippopotomostronsioquifpedelaphobia is the fear of long words. I didn't make that up. Why am I talking about fears? It's the context of our message this morning. And actually it's now afternoon. If you turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. And it reads... After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will be extended from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea in the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong, be courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to your forefathers to give them. Be strong and be very courageous. 
Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn it to the left, neither to the right, that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. When you, sorry, then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and be courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. To give you a context about what was about to happen or where this scripture was, Joshua, for many years, was Moses' understudy, the prophet Moses' understudy. Joshua spent most of his youthful life understanding Moses, walking around with him, seeing a lot of the things that Moses did while in the desert and the wilderness. For almost 40 years, over 40 years, he assisted Moses in his duties. He was like possibly his PA come understudy and all that. And Moses had died. And he had the awesome responsibility of taking over and leading Israel into the promised land. Now, here's the predicament that they had, which was very, 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 I would, excuse me, I would think even more scary. They were to cross from one end of the Jordan River to the other at flood stage, during the floods. Okay? Number two, they were to go into Israel and take over Israel. There were seven cities. The first one they were to take over was Jericho. Ojeri. Ojeriko. Is it Jericho or Jericho? It depends. Okay? All right, but we all know it's Jeri. But here's the thing that is even more amazing is that each one of these cities were fortified and had fierce warriors and armies. Some of them even had chariots, the equivalent today of tanks. Now, Joshua was to take over. They did not have tanks. They didn't, they didn't have a conventional army like these had. And he was to lead Israel into this particular place. And so you would understand why he would be fearful. You would understand why he would be afraid. And he was to lead almost 2 million people into the promised land. Think about it. If you told people who were following you that you are going to take them into the promised land, this always happens during elections. This last election, they actually used it. We will take you to, you know, to the promised land, you know. And then when they didn't take us to the promised land, they said it was filled with sharks and uh, we aborted that, you know. And you'd, you'd really want to go and, and take on your leader and say, you, you, you fake guy. And this is some of the things that Joshua was afraid of. He saw how these people, even at one time, tried to rebel and to stone Moses and Aaron. And he was supposed to lead these guys. He was fearful. He feared that they might not be successful. And so God pretty much 
puts this to him in verse 6 and says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to your forefathers. Why would God tell this guy to be strong and be courageous? I want to suggest to you that God was telling him, expect opposition. Expect that you will be opposed by your own guys, but also expect that where you go, it's not going to be easy. Expect opposition. Number two, expect that there will be disobedience and rebellion. In fact, if you go on to chapter 6 and 7, you see that already happens in the book of Joshua with a guy called Achan, Akan. I'm not sure how you call that name. But nevertheless, there was opposition. Also, expect failure and loss. They did lose some battles. You're going into the unknown, expect opposition, expect disobedience and rebellion, expect failure and loss, but nevertheless, be strong and be courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. Three times God told Joshua, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous. I want to give you a context about this. When I was growing up in our neighborhood, our next door neighbor had a dog called Kango. Now, Kango was the most intelligent dog I have ever met or I had ever met then. This dog could open the gate. Somehow he just did this open the latch, the latch would open and the gate would just swing open and people would run. Because Kango was, he was a big, we don't know if he was a German shepherd or a lion. Okay? But in the home that Kango was, were the sweetest loquats in the neighborhood. You know the loquat tree? And we knew because we, we, would, <laughs> we would go, take that loquat and we'd go. Now, we didn't know if Kango didn't like us as children. But Kango never barked at us. Maybe it's because, because we were close to the home, it, it got used to our scent as children. But when our friends would come, they'd want the loquats there. And we'd tell them, it's okay, you can go. In fact, this was the You see that hole? That's how we go into a neighborhood, fence, through the fence, and that loquat tree is right there. You can go and pick up those loquats. But this is what we said. If you see a dog called Kango, we don't know if he's a German shepherd or a lion. We tell them, don't be afraid. Just go and climb the tree. Don't show fear. Just climb the tree, pick up the loquats you can, and then say, no, you go. No, 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 no. Us guys have, we are full with loquats. And then when you come down, if Kango is at the bottom of the tree, don't be afraid. Just get down and go. Imagine kids would do that and Kango won't do a thing. But it was a fearful journey. A treacherous journey for a child. <laughs> Filled with mystery, fear, 
of this animal, which we didn't know if it was a dog or a lion. I want to suggest to you, in my own simple way of trying to be able to paint this picture to you, is that God in his wisdom actually painted a bad picture, a worst case scenario for Joshua. You see, our Mufasa story, those of you who watch The Lion King, when you say Mufasa, people, yeah? When we say Kango, now for Joshua, when you say the promised land, he was, why? Because God painted the worst picture for him, the worst case scenario. But think about it in verse 6. Sorry, in verse 6, let me read. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people into the, uh, to inherit the land I swore to your forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the left or to the right that, you may be, that it may be successful with you. For I will never leave you, never will I forsake you. It is important that we recognize that Joshua was going to do an impossible task, but that impossible task was based on him knowing that God was with him to the end. You see, when God painted the, 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 the worst picture for Joshua, he also gave him a promise that I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's interesting that, that guys, if, if, if you are given instructions, if you are given instructions in an examination, you quickly go and answer the questions in an examination. And then when you reach the end, you look at the instructions of the examination and it tells you there, only answer question number one and two. Okay? Or you can answer question three. But you answered all of them. Spent all your time just stressing over the issue. Could it be, guys, that Joshua's story can be like yours? That courage is not about overcoming fear, but courage is accepting and acknowledging fear, but going nevertheless to face your fears. Here are three things I want to suggest to you, and especially you, Pastor Fred, and those of you who are making Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi your home. I want to challenge you. I'm calling it the courage challenge. Have the courage to believe God at his word. In verse 8, it says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you might be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then your ways will be prosperous and successful. The courage to believe God at His word. God's word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, Scripture says. It pierces through bone marrow, judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Can you truly take God at his word like Joshua did? Not just because he could see God's manifestation there, but that his word here is the most reliable thing ever to be known in human existence. 
This word of God. Yesterday, today, and forever. Abraham is described in the book of Romans chapter 4 verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Like Joshua, I am calling you, N.C. Mbakasi, to have the courage to believe God at his word. And the way you can believe God at his word is reading this thing daily, as we've heard in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. That this will be your guidepost, not just as you grow this church, but in your life every day. That it is not Oprah Winfrey or Minor Kageni and Kingangi in the morning that will tell you what to do. I have enough respect for those guys. But it is this word that brings life, order, and direction. Taking God at his word. The second courage, part of the courage challenge to you is the courage to be brave and to do great exploits for God. It is interesting. If I told you guys that I was a boxer, would you believe me? You wouldn't. I don't look like a boxer. Imagine as a preteen and a young teenager, I actually was in a boxing club. It was called Calix Boxing Club out just in Kibra. And I was part and parcel of that boxing club. This is where you ask what happened. So, I used to chapa chapa all the boys in my whatever, okay? I had no competition, you know, I just pa 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 pa. And we went for a fight with another club called Olympic, which was not far from us. Now, we were put into the same weight category, but in weight categories, at that age, it was in age and not in weight. So this guy, I could tell you the truth. I was only 12 years old. This guy was 12, but he looked like he was 58. Anyway, he looked much, much older than I, but we're almost the same weight and all that, and we went fighting. He was called Oscar. And I said, I can take him out. That fight did not last one round. One blow to my, the side of my head, and I was down on my knees seeing blue, yellow, green balls bouncing on the thing. It was a knockout. Done. That ended my boxing career. Now, I'm not telling you to be foolish in what you're going to do. I took on somebody bigger than I could. But when we talk about doing great exploits, what I'm asking you to do is believe God that he can work through you. Look at the number of people around here. Just look around. If you're sitting in front, look back. Just look at these people who are here. Ten years from now, Fred, if the Lord would tarry, they might not be here. But I hope that in your faithful work, in your understanding of Scripture, in your growing, in your witnessing to your neighbors, that this church will continue to grow and have impact over all of Mbakasi and the city of Nairobi and to the ends of the earth. That you would begin to believe God 
for greater things than you have seen today. I'm not talking about just being a bigger congregation. No, I am saying that you'd understand and know who God is much more than you know today. That you bear fruit, fruit of righteousness that leads us to give glory to God and repentance. God calls us to do great exploits. John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus telling his disciples, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified and the Son. Nairobi Chapel in Bakasi. It is okay to dream big. But I challenge you to go beyond what your own two eyes can perceive. There is a great opportunity of reaching this city of Nairobi. And as you heard our MC for today saying, we are bringing the church closer to you, but it's not closer because we are trying to be able to make this thing more convenient. But that the power of God will be seen so much in your lives that the love of God will be evident in your interaction with those that you live by, that they will say, indeed, there is a God who's at work in this person's life. And that they see you are part of a community that make God's name known by sharing love. These are the great exploits we're talking about. I'd love to see that a church like this will be planting other churches around this continent and around the world. This is where I would hope for an amen, but it's okay. But doing great exploits, be brave to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. And the last of this courage challenge, as I close, is courage to run the distance. Today, shortly actually, it's just started, the London Marathon has just start, started. They call it the greatest marathon of all. Okay? And we know Eliud Kipchoge, who's the world record holder, is there, and he's the favorite to win this. They're calling it Eliud versus Mo, Mo Farah. The fascinating thing about Eliud Kipchoge was when he ran the world record he ran a mile in less than four minutes. Just think about that. He's running 20, 20 what? 26 miles. And he runs them in less than four minutes. Consistently. All through. It was actually closer to three minutes. Just running that thing. And he, he, he barely made it. Just over two hours. It was two hours, one minute and something. Amazing. How are you able to do that? But there's such, such discipline, such training, such stamina that this man or these elite men and women have that they could run at such distance, at, sorry, at such speeds, at such a long distance. This journey with Christ, this journey of making disciples is a marathon. And I want to challenge you as Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi to embrace this like Joshua to the end of his life where he's telling, choose life or choose death. I choose God. 
that after many years of his faithful service with God, he could look back and say he had rested all of Israel and faithfully served God. That you would do the same for the time the Lord allows you here at Nairobi Chapel in Bakasi. I challenge you, those of you who make this your home, that you would one day look back and like Timothy being told by his mentor, Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Friends, courage is informed by believing in God and choosing to be obedient. Have the courage to run the distance as we see in verse 9 of, jo of Joshua 1. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you, Nairobi Chapel. Embakasi. Have the courage to be brave and to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. And you can say in the same words that we read in verse 3 of Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot and have the courage to believe God at his word. For this book of the law, verse 8 says, should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be successful. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Rubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road.